The wins help me reinforce what I'm doing right. The losses give me clues to accelerate my learning on what I'm doing wrong. What's up, everyone, and welcome to Studying Failure. I am your host, John Egan, and my goal is to normalize the conversation of failure. I want to help you realize three things. One, you're not alone in your failures. Two, your failure is not final. And three, your failures do not define you. Each week, I'll bring out some incredible guests that will not only share their failures and their journeys, but will also give extremely practical advice on how to change the way you view your failures, setbacks, and adversity. This week's episode with Joe gets deep. We start talking about how we tend to over-glorify failure and what Joe means by the excitement of failure. And then we get into talking about the importance of self-awareness and how to ultimately win and ultimately succeed in life and in business and whatever that you're doing. You need to spend time with yourself. You need to understand yourself. You need to know why you are doing something. We also talk about how some of the most motivating times of Joe's life have come from pain. We talk about how we need to expect failure, heartbreak, setback, all the challenges and the adversity, and we need to learn to see them as little gifts designed to help you make better adjustments so you don't waste even more time. Guys, this episode is really, really good. It's very powerful, and I think you're gonna get a lot from it. So if you're listening, be sure to take a screenshot and tag both Joe and myself on Instagram, letting us know that you're listening, and then send this over to one friend, letting them know just how good this episode is as well. So guys, without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode with Joe Simon. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Studying Failure. Today, we get to hang out with one of the most sought-after sales experts in the world, domination mindset coach and new economy keynote speaker, Joe Simon. Joe's story is about as inspiring as they come, guys. He moved out to California and lived out of his car for five months, lost hundreds of thousands of dollars, his credit, and was evicted from his home, started a coaching business with zero money, in the middle of the Great Recession in 2007, 2008, just to name a few. Through all of this, though, he learned how to create a high-performance culture in today's business world, the two most important and recession-proof skills that you need, along with so much more. So, Joe, thanks for coming on, man. Today's going to be special, dude. I, I, I can feel it. I'm waiting for it, John. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> this better be good, man. I heard some good things about you. Uh oh, man! Gotta gotta live up to the hype, dude. I love it. Um, yeah. Well, dude. So so we were talking beforehand, literally right before we hit record, and we were just talking about failure and and you're like, hey, I want I want to talk today. I want to touch on two different things. One, the excitement of failure, and two, glorifying of failure. Because one, like glorifying a failure, we can all be like, yeah, like man, failure sucks. Like. Failure is the worst, but we got to go through it. And so like we do kind of put it on this pedestal, but I was really intrigued when you said excitement of failure. So dive into that, man. What do you mean by excitement of failure? 
it's kind of messed up, right? It kind of sounds like something somebody would say just to get attention. Sure. Like, oh, I'm going to talk about the excitement of failure. Maybe I'll get more likes. Maybe I'll get more shares, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I find that, you know, you got to be careful, you know, as an audience because we're so overwhelmed with information. And I find that, you know, a lot of people out there are just coming up with these taglines just to get attention without really any substance behind it. Mm-hmm. And just to clarify, what I said was, the, you know, you know I'll, I'd like to talk about failure at some level. I want to talk about the excitement of failure and how to not glorify failure. Okay. Not to glorify failure, to not glorify failure. Sure. Because what can start to happen is, is you can start to feel like you're making progress one failure after another. Okay. You can start, in other words, you, you take too much of the failure vitamins. Okay. All right. When you need to have many more wins in between, you know, your, yeah. your wins need to outweigh your losses. Almost like, oh, like I'm failing. I'm failing. This is good. I've sure. failed like a hundred times. This yeah. is a good and, thing. And yeah. Whatever you're starting or whatever you're, you know, taking the next step on. I mean, you know, it's kind of like part of life, but you know, I don't know why we glorify failure so much as this really traumatic thing. We need to stop making it so traumatic. Like you said earlier, it's kind of like normalizing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure if we went back 300 years ago to my great, 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 great grandfather, you know, when he came across, you know, a week or something where he couldn't provide uh, for his family, I'm sure he wasn't like, oh my God, this is a failure. You yeah. Know, right. Yeah. Probably like, you know, let me get my gun. Let me go shoot some birds. You know what I mean? Right. 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 It wasn't so glorified that it's this this emotionally dramatic thing that society is making out to be and that it Mm -hmm. really is, you know, a beautiful part of, you know, your your growth process of of your life. Yeah. Um, Now, not all failures are beautiful. There's really traumatic things that a lot of people can go through, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in life. However, it still is if you really, really you know, understand life from a much bigger perspective or you're faith driven, then, you know, these things that we go through in life, whether it's a death, illness, financial challenges, etc., are minuscule in the big yeah. picture of impact in the big picture right. of things. Right. Right. So <clears throat> the excitement of failure, I actually stole that word when I was listening to uh, Kobe Bryant speak once. And they're like, um, somebody asked me, you know, how do you feel when, when you lose? And he goes, oh, I get excited. And I got confused. I'm like, come on, man, don't try to entertain us right now. Right, right. Because I've seen you lose and you are not you. Your face does not look excited. Right, <laughs> right, right. Black but, Mamba, man. Yeah, yeah. He, he's like, look, man, I mean, I watch both tapes. I, I watch the wins and I watch the failures. But mm-hmm. the wins help me reinforce what I'm doing right. The losses give me clues to accelerate my learning on what I'm doing wrong. Right. Which ties into you know, the, um, you know, the two biggest skills, if I could just inject somebody with skills, it would be um, massive self-awareness and the ability, the ability, excuse me, to accelerate your learning um, to your capabilities, not to the rate that you were taught to learn in school or by society. We're taught to learn too slow by society. Dive, dive into that. Spend some time there. What do you mean by, Mm -hmm. what do you mean by that? Well, most people are are capable of learning at like lightning speeds compared to what Uh they're learning. But Uh at some point in time, you know, after we graduated, first of all, school, we learn way too slow. Mm. And if you traveled around or whatnot, you have sometimes students that come with um, third world countries that are more hungry than us as families. You know, they come here and they're like, oh, my God, you guys are 14 years old and you're you're still in algebra. They're like, we're in calculus. You know what I'm saying? And that was my first indication. It's like, why, why is the learning system, the schooling system or the the learning curve made out to be so slow, 
that's not going to be competitive enough when somebody gets to their adult age, especially in the new economy right now, which I'm really calling the domination economy. It's not even, you know, a new economy anymore. It's much faster than that. Yeah. And so, you know, the ability for us to absorb knowledge and to practice it and to engage in it and to really, you know, pick up our skills and accelerate the speed at which we progress in life is tremendous. It's probably a million times more than what 99.999% of the population is practicing or even aware of. Sure. Like we're holding ourselves back. We were probably programmed to learn slower than what we're capable of. I mean, I come from a, a third world family. I'm one of the only ones born in the U.S. And, you know, at the age of nine, you know, my father had to learn how to help run his father's business. Whoa. You see what I'm saying? Pulled yeah. out of school. And right. help to run your business, you know, not right. not only the carpentry side of it, but also the customer side of it and the business mm -hmm. side of it and the negotiation. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So and, and we have to be careful because although, you know, our educational system has, you know, some significant purpose, I think, as long as it doesn't get too jaded here in the modern world. Yeah. Um, you know that we have to be careful that we're 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 not allowing our kids or ourselves in our adult lives to have these long learning curves of things. OK, etc. Now, I won't expect somebody to to, you know, learn something at lightning speed that they're not interested in at all or does not provide for their family or or benefit them anyway. Can't expect mm -hmm. you to do that. Like you put me in geometry. It ain't happening, bro. Yeah, I I'm with you, man. <laughs> I'm you with know you. what I mean? Yeah. Right? But if you put me in marketing, I'm like, like right through it. Yeah. Right. Right. So, <clears throat> so how do we how do we then sorry to interrupt you? But so like, you know, that that we, we don't necessarily want that long learning curve. But at the same time, don't we kind of do we kind of need that learning curve, that that length of time to even try to figure out, OK, this is the direction I should go or this is not the direction I should go. Like, don't we need that time or should that time even be like crunched way down to figure out, yep, let's do that or let's not go this way? I think a learning curve is based on the importance that you give something. OK. If something is super, super important, if you were told that your family was going to lose its home um, and all of its cash and all of its investments and right um, mm -hmm. in 72 hours, if you did not learn this new skill, how long would it take you to learn that new skill? Dog, an hour. <laughs> you know what, what I mean? Like, yeah. You see what I'm saying? But we're never really put in situations like that that challenge us to that level. Okay. We should be, okay. which is possibly now at a maturity level might be why, you know, my sales programs have become rapidly more successful than they were in the earlier days, because okay. I, I literally tell people on day one, I'm going to have to force you. Mm. I'm going to force you into a much higher level of performance within 90 days. Mm -hmm. Is it okay? There won't be any abuse. We're not here to insult people. We're not going to degrade you. We're not going to put you on blast. But I want you to know that I do not trust you. The identity that you have at this point is amazing. You've done cool things on your own but I cannot trust you or the system that you were created in to accelerate the performance that I'm promising you within 90 days just by training you skills. Right. Do we then have to find something to attach and create an urgency behind? Like, do we have sure. to find something, attach Some it, and then, that. okay, that's yeah. it. And then I got to go. Very, very few people are good at, at, at creating a goal and then, and then focusing on that goal for their willpower. Right. Very yeah, that's, that's tough. That's, that's okay, difficult. Let's look at New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Okay. Two, two weeks later, people are out, out of the gym, going back right. to it, doing exactly what they were doing. Right. 
And I think that's why, you know, some people know that they have to do group fitness. They can't do individual fitness. Sure. Because they, they, they need an MLM. Around. They can't start their own company. They got to do MLM. Mm-hmm. Because they, they, they're they not going to operate at that level of, of, you know, aggressiveness on their own. And if so, it's only going to, until at some point in time, they have an, you know, an identity shift, you know, and they, they basically reprogram the, the type of thinking and, and awareness that they have. But for uh-huh. the most part, people need groups, people need accountability, people need systems, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. You know, so, you know, it, whether like reading books, you know, there are people who have read hundreds of books and have seen zero change in their life. Yeah. Or worked. Yeah. And because society is rewarding them for reading books, it makes you feel significant. Oh, I got this book. It's amazing. Well, are you reading it for entertainment and significance? Mm-hmm. Or are you reading it selfishly going, what can I steal from this book and start implementing right away? Yeah. Right. And, and so I it's so it, it's making that mind shift. Sure. Now, the, I think one of the problems is, and this was true with me too, is I didn't, every single time that I, I basically went into freaking beast mode, uh-huh. uh, you know, what my, my superhuman capabilities are, uh-huh. where when I've been, I've been ridiculously doubted or shamed or put down, mm-hmm. um, you know, once I learned to process that, you know, in my youth um, and use it for power or... Yeah. When I've had massive financial setbacks to the point where it's embarrassing. Sure. When then your I back is up against the wall. See, again, my environment was putting me in that situation. I wasn't necessarily doing it um, through by choice. Okay. The choice came after the reaction. Sure. Where it, it takes a while to, it doesn't take a while, but one needs to at least be aware of that if you are not going to you know, create that level of discipline on your own, then you need to associate yourself with people, things, or situations or systems that help you to do that very quickly. I was just about to ask you, okay, so like I'm a, let's say like um, an insurance salesman and mm-hmm. I'm doing pretty good. I'm mm-hmm. not like, I don't have my back completely up against the wall, but again, no. I'm not like crushing it. How do I get to that level? Cause it's not like I want to lose everything. So then I can, mm-hmm. so that I can really go. Right. So like, I think you just answered it. Surround yourself with the right people. Put yourself in those positions, right? Right. Now, when it comes to something specific like sales, you know, which is happens to be, you know, one of my fascinations. I, I don't yeah. think it's necessarily the selling that I love. I think it's um, the the ability to to um, you know, I get excited when I learn things about human behavior mm-hmm. for some reason. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, oh, I'm a people watcher. Oh, oh I know NLP. It's, it's not that. I am massively fascinated with the common denominators and the unique s- scenarios of human behavior. Consumers, okay. children, relationships, male, female, you name it, right? And that's why I stopped studying sales 12 years ago and I started studying behavior. Um, and so forth, because behavior was much more elaborate than, than all sales material that was out there. Yeah. And what I was getting to is, is, you know, in the first few years of, of coaching, what I realized is, is by the way, one of the reasons I got into coaching was because I was questioning my ability as a young sales director to develop other people. Okay. I was killing yeah. I was like, you know, sales, you know, freaking fire. I wasn't always number one, but I was, you know, got up there pretty quick. Yeah. And one of my frustrations was, why do we hire? Like I was in a company that was hiring hundreds of people and I was one of mm-hmm. the directors. Mm-hmm. 
And so a few of them do extremely well. Mm-hmm. They're all excited. They all want to do extremely well. So few. And, you know, at some level you need to go like, well, if I'm the parent in this situation yeah, and nearly all of my children are not performing at my level, then who I'm, who am I really as a leader? Am I just right. a glorified salesperson or am I really a leader? Right. And then that led to, you know, let me go into coaching. It's something that I feel like I can do. I, you know, I, I left, um, it was a mortgage business at that time at my peak, my biggest month ever. And so I did have a little money when I started the mortgage or the coaching business, but mm-hmm. within the next two years that dried up because I was just regurgitating what I had already learned. Sure. And, and going into a challenging economy. And I find that most people, um, especially over the past eight years up until this year, with the exception of a few industries, celebrate their success during perfect economies. Right. You know, and then when the shit hits the fan, everybody's like, oh, my God, what do I do? You know, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And yeah. when that happens, if you really, really, really get hit that hard, it's just a testament to, you know, what your intellectual equity is. What are your skills compared to the environment? If your skills always exceed what the environment requires and you really won't have that many massive ups and downs financially. You'll, you'll be okay. <laughs> so with the salespeople, it's skills, teaching language skills, and then creating systems of accountability. Interesting. Just like an athlete. Yeah. Common sense. Skills, yeah. accountability. Skills, yeah. numbers. Skills, numbers. Skills, right. numbers. And one of the biggest challenges I see now that I've, I've, I'm coming up on over 400 organizations now that I've mentored. Wow. Is Congrats, that man. That's awesome. Hey, thanks, bro. It's crazy. That's really like, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It gets to the point where I'm like, I can't even remember companies. At, at <laughs> you know, it's just um, time flies by. But but the, the biggest common denominator that I see is a lack of visual accountability within sales organizations. That's really what I see. And I don't mean emailing, oh, we have reports. We email a report on Monday morning. We email a report every night at five. That's not what I mean. That's, mm-hmm. that's not proper functional visual accountability. You know, athletes don't email reports to each other. Right. <laughs> so what a lot of engagement in that? What, what do you mean by visual accountability? Like, what does that look like on a very practical level? Um, much more practice, much more team practice. Think of an athlete's life, what it's like. Oh, yeah. They practice I, 300 times more than they play. Yep. In sales, we play 300 more times than we practice. Absolutely. Right? And then we, wonder, so why our, then we wonder why our industry has a 12% conversion ratio. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unqualified, unqualified prospects, which means you're yeah. practicing perfecting a way that loses 88% of your business. Right. That's, a, that's an interesting way to look at it. So... Dude, you you seem to have like this incredibly seemingly bulletproof mindset now, man. Like it just seems it seems very very strong type of mindset. How did you go about developing that, dude? Like was that was that developed before you went through that 2007-2008 crash or was it did that bulletproof mindset kind of come out of the the pit of despair, the you know, the the adversity that you went through during that time. It's a little bit of all of that. And it's also, you know, um, learning to understand the power of emotional stability. Okay. 
you know, some people call it, you know, it's a version of self-awareness. It's mm -hmm. knowing what my, what my reactions are. Why do I react that being able to reflect on previous mistakes I've made and why did I behave that way? And, you know, how can yeah. I change that? How quickly can I catch myself? But the word bulletproof is, is far from true. Okay. It's, I mean, it's a great compliment. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it, bro. Right. But it's not at all. In fact, if anything, um, I, as I think as you age, you sometimes can come across even more emotional challenges. Interesting. Than before. Like, like what? What, what, what are some emotional are higher, challenges? When actually, you may have more responsibilities. Um, you may start to compare your life to other people in your age group. Um, you're see, you know, you're seeing, you know, everybody's, you know, perfect life online every day, yeah. you know, and so forth. So there's a lot going in and, and, and you, maybe you're not making as much progress. You're stagnant. You're not excited. You're not feeling cre as creative as you were before. You're not as energetic. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so forth. So there's all kinds of components, nutrition, you name it, right? Lifestyle. Yeah. Um, but I think what's most important is that, you know, learning to manage it much more quickly. Right. And I was, I was just about to ask you that, man, because like, it is so easy to jump on Instagram, scroll, and you see the perfect house and the perfect family. You got the Christmas card, you got the two kids, you got a dog, you got all that. And you, and then you can look around you and be like, you know, not you specifically, but like, you can look around and be like, man, I don't have those things. Like, and, and then that just like, then you just start getting lower and lower and lower and suddenly you're in this pit and you're it's just like circular man yeah how, and you know, how do the experts uh they 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 it's a real thing right it's like yeah, a, it's absolutely it's like a, a new form of depression or something you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah and again you know there's one person who looks at that and gets motivated but why do the masses look at that and compare themselves right why and it's just why the way that, that? We're, it's the way that we're programmed look when I was in school and you took a test, they used to hang your grades in the hallway. Yeah. Yeah. That you, sucked. That? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Especially when, not, uh, right. So yep. you're constantly being compared to others. Oh, always. If you're not wearing, you know, like, you know, I grew up in a family that worked very, very hard and, and we, we got everything that we needed and more, mm -hmm. but I wasn't the kid who was wearing Jordans at the age of 10 years old. Mm -hmm. I was wearing ponies and sometimes they were even hand-me-downs. Sure. You get it? Now, my life at home was amazing. But mm -hmm. when compared to the other kids, I didn't have the cool shoes. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Fast forward in life. Fast forward in life. Just, just, I call this, you know, one of my, one of my new passions is helping people to become self-aware okay. and to be free thinkers. And if you take a look around, I call this we, that we live in a copycat culture. Yeah. Copycat culture where you, you start to copy things that you see frequently in order to feel important. Mm. Feel better you know? about yourself. Yeah, I'm on the West Coast. What Every guy has to have an Hermes belt and Louis Vuitton sunglasses, you know, or, or yeah. a, a watch that looks, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I, I recently stopped doing a lot of that stuff, although, you know, I, I do like nice things, but... Things that I, I really, really enjoy personally, like a nice car. You know, I'm a guy. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I like nice, you know, and that yeah. type of thing. I like to live in a nice place because I spend a lot of time working there and thinking there. And it puts me in a, a better mindset. So I'll spend more and so forth. But sure. 
with with women and men, especially the youth and and even adults now, it's become a copycat culture. And I was making fun of a lot of my friends. There's an entertaining side to this that I love. You know, but <laughs> I, I'm not knocking it. I'm not saying that you know every mom and daughter needs to copycat the same TikTok video that 10 million other people did. Right. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying be aware of what impact it's having on your own thinking. Know why you're doing it. Well, just be aware that am I copying this so that myself and my daughter feel significant and cool? Uh-huh. Or am I doing it because it helps me to spend quality time with my daughter? Wow. And those are two very, very different, two very different, different thoughts. Right. And then you yeah. get to the point. There's a lot of studies that that claim that 99% of almost, you know, every consumer's decisions are not made autonomously by them at all. Mm-hmm. All of your decisions are influenced by something you've seen repetitively, something that your circle is doing or something that you're being exposed to in your environment. Yeah. Becoming self-aware. I, I yeah. love that, that, that one of your new passions has been helping people become self-aware and it's funny. Self-aware has been a word two words is it one is there a dash anyway That's like um a weird word, right it is well, it is yeah. come from anyway uh, who knows so someone's crazy. probably someone's probably just very lazy and they're like nah let's just throw <laughs> maybe a dash they have this argument is there one word <laughs> yeah. like, you know we'll put a dash in the middle put a dash right in the middle but that's been something that's like that I've had a lot of conversations with about recently with a lot of different people from all different fields of life. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's been very, very interesting that like, especially in 2020, right. With the world that's going on right now, what's going on in the world, like becoming more self-aware. I feel like people are now just kind of diving into that of like, Oh, I need to know, I need to know why I'm making this TikTok. Am I doing it because I want to spend time with my daughter or am I doing it because I, I want to make myself feel better? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're just now scratching the surface with that man's and, um, and I, I, I don't, I don't know if there's anything more important, more important than that. I think here, here's a good measure. This is kind of deep and a little bit emotional, but this has happened to me, you know, hundreds of times. Um, and so I, I had to create my own understanding of it so that I could package it and try to teach it. Mm-hmm. And I think a good measure is if it's, if it's enjoyable to you and it really helps to spice up your life or make things more fun or more social, then that's great. Mm-hmm. But if you find that you're having, this is really, really important. If, if you find that you're doing all these things, but you frequently feel empty or out of place, mm then that means that most of the things that you're doing don't actually agree with your core rules and values. Sure. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You're getting too far from who you were designed to be. Right. Which is, happens constantly in today's society. In fact, that 12 seconds right there is enough for everybody to say, got it. Thank you. I'm out of here. Right. Call today. Right? I'm just yeah, going to hit pause. Away. I'm just going to spend some time with sure. myself. Talking with oh, are you randomly frustrated about things? Are your sales down? Do you feel stagnant in your relationship? You know, um, are you are you feeling down on yourself sometimes and you you can't figure out why? Yeah. You know, which has happened to me many, many, many times. Like everything's good, money's coming in, 
you know, I'm busy, I'm getting popular, but then there's these moments. And what I find is that it's kind of like my soul is talking to me and it's going, hey, hey, you know, I know, you know, you're grateful for everything that's going on, but you're actually capable of much, much more. And there are actually things that are far more important to you than mm -hmm. the things that you're spending your time on now. Yeah. So almost using that, using that feeling as a trigger, right? And like once you, once you feel that feeling, cause we all do, we've all been there. We've all mm -hmm. been there and we're lying to ourselves. If, if we just say, if we just gloss over it and say, Oh, it's fine. Mm -hmm. So use that as a trigger. So we feel that yeah. once we feel that, once we start feeling that feeling almost be like, okay, that feeling's here. Mm -hmm. Okay. That means something inside my soul. I'm not right. aligning myself with where Lashing. I should be. Yeah. yeah. So then it's like, okay, what am I doing? Then that's where you start figuring out, okay, I'm doing this, 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 like, yeah. maybe cut this that's out. Right. Add what, this in. What's important to me, find some important area of your life to make progress in mm -hmm. right away. Whether mm -hmm. it's immediately turning on, going back to your faith, it's immediately reading something that inspires you, immediately surrounding yourself with people that you love, um, you know, immediately going out and serving people in some way, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, you got to, and, and, and by the way, I, I speak about this so well because I think I go through it all the time. Sure. So I, this is not some conversation that I memorized for the sake of this freaking show. You, you've you've ran that race before. This is a conversation that I have to have with myself more and more frequently as time goes on. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's good, man. And I think being vulnerable about that too, right? Like that's that's key too, is being vulnerable that you have gone through that being vulnerable because then when you're vulnerable, like you are Joe, like you're saying like, yeah, I've been through that, man. I've been in those pits. I've been where it's, mm -hmm. it's hard. Then mm -hmm. that, that frees up someone else to be like, you know, right. I'm there too. I'm there yeah, too. The one thing I can't stand is, is coaches or mentors who have it all figured out. <laughs> I'm like my, my foolproof plan, my perfect way to <laughs> come on, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like we all, no, we all know that's a lie. Don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> No, if you've got something that that has benefited your life or you'd like to teach, teach it and teach it strong. Yeah. Right. But make sure there's a little humility in there too. Right. We were just kind of touching on this, but I'd love to even dive in a little bit deeper, man. You've been at the highs, right? Like you've been you've been doing well in these certain areas, but then you've also been at the lows, right? You've mm -hmm. you've been so essentially you've been up here, you've been down there. Mm -hmm. Um how did you lead yourself through all that, man? Like, what did you do personally, whether you were in the highs or whether you were in the lows, and just kept on leading yeah. yourself through? My my number, this is going to sound cliche. You probably heard this a thousand times, but at a very young age, my anchor to rebuilding myself and resetting myself became fitness. Okay. Like working out, getting in the gym. Working out, getting in the gym. And, I, you know, I think at an early age, I didn't understand that it was actually having a mechanical and chemical impact on me. Okay. You know, and it, 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 would just, it just releases things through your body and, and into your mind and through your blood and through your lungs, through your heart that make you feel like a more powerful person. Sure. You know, even just a little bit of it. And so that's one of the things that I always go back to. When I, in fact, when I lived out of my car, um, the first job that I got, I set up, you know, over on my cell phone was at a health club. Okay. Because I knew that, that 
I knew it, but at that point in my lower 20s, I had already studied and knew that that is one of the things in my life that grounded me, made me disciplined, made me sharp. It made me feel positive, made me feel grateful, mm-hmm. you know, and then I could work out and I could also be at a location where I would meet dozens of people a day without having to go anywhere. Sure. You know, because yeah. I couldn't afford that much gas. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so forth. So that's one of the things that I always go back to. And then, you know, reading is a big one and, and faith is a good one too. Yeah. Yeah. How does, how does faith drive you? Because I'm, I'm right there with you, brother. Like there's been times where I've, I've gotten away from my faith, right? Because I'm frustrated or angry and different about oh, different yeah. situations. Like um, and again, times. yeah. And again, we've all been there. And, and if you're saying, yeah. no, like I've always been, and again, like just sh- sh- shut up and like you're lying right. to yourself. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how does your faith help you drive you pull you in times when you are failing when you're in the you know it's struggling mm-hmm. the adversity of failure i think you know i'm 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 really lucky in a way that because i grew up in a um i grew up in a really faith driven christian family who also um was very very um uh, direct um uh, with us as kids to know that you know, no religion is better than the other mm. um, and to not judge and that, you know, these these rules and these values are, you know, something that apply to everyone yeah. <clears throat> and so forth. Yeah. And it was just, you know, hearing my parents, you know, now as a kid, you're kind of like passive about things. Sure. But when you look back, you're like, holy cow, like every day was a fight for them. Yeah. Uh, with four kids and didn't speak the language well and lived in a very, very small town. You know what I mean? There's like opportunity wasn't really there. And like, you know, just the, uh, you know, the the month to month, you know, struggle to just provide and like Mm -hmm. have a home, you know, and then looking back, it's like, I think, you know, uh, um, not always, you know, um, I'd like to be proactive with faith as much as possible from a gratitude but yeah. I think some of the most powerful times that I've gone back to my faith have been after feeling guilt. After feeling guilt? Guilt of, of leaving it um, and of, of remembering it when I need it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, instead of every day. Yeah. You know, and, and stuff like that. So it does play a, a large role. And it's not something that, we're not, you know, that we'll ever fully understand. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's also a pretty powerful thing. Mm-hmm. regardless of what religion you are faith is strong faith is strong i'm, I'm with you um yeah. i feel like there's been one common theme w- within our conversation joe something that you kind of you'll touch on just like passively you'll touch on but i feel like it it plays a big part into who you are today is your childhood growing up as a kid like you you've mentioned that several times like your family mm-hmm. what you guys had to endure what you guys went through as a kid and i <laughs> right. feel like I feel like you, you cling so tightly onto that now, like who you were as a kid. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that drives you now, who you yeah. were as a kid. Well, I'm lucky to be able to use it to drive me in that way. Yeah. How, that how do you? That if you don't, yes, you, you could have how, you know an abusive childhood, and you have right. to use it in a different way. How do you use it? Because, again, like you just said, it not everybody uses it. 
some people look at it and they're like in that victim mindset of like, man, I didn't have this. I didn't have this. I yeah. didn't have this. And well, that me, it, then it, it wasn't something that, that, you know, um, crossed my mind all the time necessarily to motivate me until much later. It's more like yeah. I'm being like, wow, like, you know, part of the stability that I have was instilled in me from the stability that I come from. Mm -hmm. However, I wouldn't say now coming from a, you know, financially a lower middle class family, the big leaps and bounds, the decisions that I had to make were very unconventional compared to how I was raised. Okay. You know, they were, they were autonomous. They were decisions that I had to make. Sure. Because the, the standard format would have been, you know, just, you know, if you want to start a coaching career, it's not going to work. Just go back get a job, do what you do best, close deals, um, manage people, which is a great, it's a great career too. Yeah. And so forth. But, you know, and if, if I were to ask my family those questions, they would say, yes, take the safe yeah. route. Sure. St you know, stick there until you're 65, you save sure. up. Yeah. So I've pretty much on that, in that regards, I've pretty much broken every rule, every standard rule there was in my family. <laughs> and, and even to the point of not having a family at this age, not being married at this age, these are all rules that are, they're not, you know, um, something that my family pressures me on anymore, but yeah. they're all, you know, traditional rules of, of, of my family. Yeah. And so, but I will say that, you know, the most, the most motivating times in my life have typically come from pain, not pain from, of, of, um, loss. Um, okay. The pain of improper planning, the pain of embarrassment, uh, the pain of doubt, the pain of abandonment from friends, um, the pain of rumors, uh, the pain, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so forth. Um, yeah. and that's, that's the beast trying to get at you. Oof. That's the beast trying to get at you. And so mm -hmm. th those times have, you know, pr they're probably been the most epic areas of my life where I've had massive epiphanies on, you know, what my next moves would be or who I was going to be serving, you know, sure. uh, moving forward. Sure. Let's just say, let's say someone is, someone does kind of have their back up against the wall right now, right? Like mm -hmm. in whatever field that they're in, mm -hmm. wherever they're at in life, like their, their back is kind of up against the wall and they're kind of starting to feel the heat a little bit, man, they're kind of starting to feel the heat. Mm -mm. What, what piece of advice would you have them to do like today, right now? But then also, because I feel like this is, this is where it's key. Someone can take that advice today and be like, all right, I'm going to do it. But then a week, two weeks from now, they're like, screw it. That's too tough, too difficult, whatever. It's not going to mm -hmm. work. So like, what's the piece of advice that you would give them to do right now? And then also like, two weeks or 30 days from now? I mean, you know, I love this thing that's going around now. Like if you never give up, you can't lose. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean, you know, like I've had just even this year, there was about a 45 day period where I just felt um, emotionally exhausted a little bit. Sure. Um, not very creative, which was very challenging for me because I, I'm in the middle of creating a massive academy, you know, for people. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, online academy, um, along with many other, you know, uh, mentors. And I'm like, oh, great. Am I going into a rut? And, you know, I had to remind myself several weeks into this feeling that 
after 15 years of grinding and hustling, it's okay yeah. to have you know, a little bit <laughs> right. of right. tired. You know what, I mean? <laughs> what the hell is going on with our country right now? You know what yeah, I mean? man. What's going on? And and so I guess, you know, if you're feeling that way for the day, just go have some fun. Yeah. Don't get out of hand. Try to keep it healthy if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm the type of guy who will, um, you know, go out and socialize and go out and have a few drinks with my buddies and and um you know a late night here or there and just to just to just to be you know uh, a guy's guy you know for just a to, like breathe again exactly. just like breathe yeah sure yeah and I, I will say one thing is and this is just recently you know dawned on me because i, I went pretty hard for like 14 years straight like just straight motivated being on the road, meeting people, teaching, studying, you know, constantly researching, just growing, you know, and seeing it manifest into thousands of people's lives and creating yeah. hundreds and hundreds of top producers, yeah, you know, and, and so forth. So I was on a good one for a while. I mean, my friends make fun of me because I have not gone on a legit vacation in like 13 years. <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, it's about it, time, it, Joe. With the it's exception time, of like a bachelor party in Cabo, like maybe two or three Cabo trips, you know, like two sure. or three days. Yeah. And maybe, you know, one or two parties in, in Vegas here. But those aren't like vacations, vacations. Yeah, right. 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 And they're like, you need to get out. And, and what I've found is that if I eliminate too many of the things that I enjoy for the sake of discipline and business and success, uh-huh. eventually that's going to wear on me. And, and nothing that I do is going to be enjoyable. Right. You know, so if you're feeling exhausted, your back's up against the wall, lighten up, bro. It's not the end of the world. Go out and do something fun. Go out and hang out with people you love. Don't make a big deal out of it. You know, don't make 24 hours look like your whole life. Yeah. Don't make a month seem like it's 80 years. I like that. And I so like forth. That. And then, you know, when you're feeling like, all right, I feel pretty good right now. Dive into it and, and uh, you know, hit the ignition again. Get back at it. So this is going to sound so random, but what you just said about like having fun again. So I was watching this movie. I've, I've got a four-year-old daughter and I was watching mm-hmm. this movie with her on Netflix called The Little Prince. And it's like this animated movie. And at first I was like, oh, this is cool. Like we'll turn this on. We'll watch it. And then... Dude, it's it is deep. Any parents out there, go watch this movie because it talks about this this mom who wants to eliminate all non-essentials for her daughter. So like anything about having fun, the mom just again with all the best intentions, but the mm-hmm. mom just wants her her daughter to focus on school, 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 getting mm-hmm. the best grades, getting the best grades. Mm-hmm. And it starts to paint this picture in this daughter's mind that like all adults just eliminate things that are non-essential such as work and Mm -hmm. like it's all about work and so the whole movie is about like this little girl like um helping then this this little prince who grows up into an adult um like rediscover the non-essentials the 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 fun parts of play right dude i am telling you joe that at the end of that movie my jaw was dropped and i was like whoa I was like, and, and I yeah. turned over to my daughter and I was like, I was like, Hey, like, you know, I like having fun, right? Like, even though I work, even though like I'm busy yeah. up in my office yeah, yeah. quite a bit, like, you know, I like having fun. She's like, yeah, yeah, you're fine. Right. But 
I think you just like you touched on that, man. Like just, yep, yep, just yep. take a breath, dude. Just take a breath. Go have some fun. And it's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, last couple of questions for you, Joe. I, I appreciate your time, man. This time has absolutely flown by, dude. Um, how do you personally define success and failure? Because it is very, very different for each person. Mm-hmm. Because some people could look at you and say, Joe, you are very, very successful. And whereas you could you know, define it for yourself as like, man, I haven't achieved success yet because of whatever. Mm-hmm. So how do you personally define success and failure? Lately, lately, you know, it, it hasn't been a um, monetary thing for me or um, an age thing for me or materialistic. Like, you know, I have friends here that have millions and millions of dollars in cars and homes, uh, you know, mm-hmm. that are worth millions and, you know, backyards that you can get lost in, you know. <laughs> and and you know i like that stuff it's nice to be able to like enjoy those things yeah but the way i would define success to my younger self would be the feeling of progress okay when you even if it's an ounce of progress whatever it is you actually mm-hmm. had a healthy breakfast mm-hmm. um you know you were disciplined enough to go to bed on time um, you did something, you know, for your loved ones. You called your mom every day. You, yeah. whatever the case may be, right? Yeah. Not to say that you know, you should just settle for the simple things. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But in general, whether big or small, to me, the feeling of success is continuous progress. Right. And I think you know, if you look at it that way, it becomes synonymous with happiness. And and maybe success is really happiness. You know, like Gary Vee says, if you freaking love having a $60,000 a year job and you're just loving it and you're coaching Tommy's baseball team every day and you're like, on cloud nine, then yeah. you're successful. Yeah. But if you're settling for that and you feel resentment, mm. then, then you are not supposed to be that person. You need to keep making progress. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, regardless of where you're at in life, this might be the one solution for everybody is if you need to to switch as quickly as possible from feeling upset to feeling successful or feeling, um, you know, abandoned to be feeling successful, unimportant to feeling important. All you need to do is pick one area of your life that is meaningful to you and take some action in it, make some progress in it, whatever it may be, whatever it may be. And, you know, for me, that's, that's been one of the biggest and quickest switches possible the trick is to catch it yeah catch it before you sink and sink and sink and And if you sink that much and you hit rock bottom then i hope your ass is rubber (laughs) (laughs) yeah you you bounce back you know (laughs) real quick that's right that's good dude i I really like that finding finding progress in in whatever in 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 something just find progress as quickly as possible last question for you and, and and again, I appreciate you, man. You you've got this genuineness about you, dude. That's that's really really cool. You've got this peace about you too, man. Like you've got this just like peace of like I've been grinding, and I know and like I I know where I'm at right now. I kind of know who I am right now, and like mm-hmm. you're you seem p- at peace with yourself, man. It's it's I I, I don't come across too many people that kind of have that aura about them, dude. Mm-hmm. And like I can I can get that from you. So it's it's um mm-hmm. it's really really cool, man been it's been awesome yeah. thanks man it's, it's something that's really really important because i am not an at peace 
type of <laughs> person. I'm more of a fireball, you know, mm -hmm. I, uh, in my youth were way more reactive, much more emotional about things. Yeah, yada, yada. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just the, the more, you know, I realize that um, life is good overall. And that there's nothing really that can knock me down other than, you know, death. And even really that can't knock me down. Right. You know, it's, it's not not everything's such a big freaking deal. Yeah. Not really such a big freaking deal. I mean, we live in an age where you have access to almost any type of information you want. You can sort of create, you know, your own reality about wherever you're at in life. Mm -hmm. You have so much knowledge, so many mentors, so many people. You just have to, at some point, you know, say, F it. It's not that big of a deal. You know, right. what do I do next? Yeah. You know, and there's, there's a maturity that comes with that, you know. And, yeah. And, uh, there's also a lot of care. Like, I'm at a point in my life where I'm, I'm like, I need to add a lot more to what I'm teaching. Because I feel like the level of impact that I'm having on people, although it's been significant, especially financially over the years, mm -hmm. is not large enough to satisfy me anymore. Mm. So like you've, you've reached that level and now like you're there and you're like, okay, like I know I can even go farther. Like I know that I can even push even farther yeah, and course. add even I mean, more. There, there are guys that, that have done what I've done that are way further ahead of me in their reach and their mm -hmm. audience and their impact and so forth. I'm just saying that at this point, I'm, I'm noticing that too. Yeah. You know, it's time to take it to the next level. How do I know that? Because I've had many, many more instances of not feeling happy over the past year or two. Mm. Starting and to, you're starting to kind of see that, uh, see sure. that more often. Yeah. Like it's no longer enough to make me feel fulfilled. Interesting. I need to take it. So does that mean I buy more? No, that's not what I mean. <laughs> it probably means I need to learn more and and serve more. Mm -hmm. Last question. So you've got you've got sixty seconds. You've got one minute to look into a phone, look into a camera, and you get to give advice and wisdom on success and on failure. Mm -hmm. And it's sent directly to everybody's phone, mm -hmm. no matter where they're at, no matter the language it gets sent directly to their phones. What's that piece of advice? What's that 60 seconds that you want to share with somebody on success and on failure? Sure. All right, let's do this. So you're not going to figure out your life in one day. It's a process. Learn to be forgiving with yourself and with others as quickly as you possibly can, or time is going to pass by and you're going to regret not having those relationships with them or yourself. Mm -hmm. learn as quickly as you can you're capable of learning far more quickly than you are right now you probably will never ever see your true potential so wherever you are right now you're capable of far more than what you've seen so far yet in your life so be excited that there's actually much more power um, within you than you've realized so far um expect challenges expect you know, that you are going to be failed, expect to be disappointed, expect to be brokenhearted, expect, 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 and realize that those are not devastating things. Those yeah. are little gifts designed to help you make better decisions and adjustments in your future so that you don't waste even more time. Yeah. Right. So that you don't waste even more time. Yeah. And along the way, 
try to build community and surround yourself with good people uh, and and as often as possible if if it is something that makes you happy um, you know go out and serve and see who else you can lift along the way you know uh, mm-hmm. learn effective communication skills mm-hmm. uh, be compassionate and when you see things that challenge you or that upset you especially about people yeah. or politics or country right. or point of view try not to fall for the agenda ask questions. What you'll mm-hmm. find is that almost everybody that you're arguing with at the end of the day wants something very similar to you. Sure. You're just both very easily persuaded and it's time to sure. become one. Yeah. Good, man. That's good. If, if, if I got that on my phone I, and I read it, I'd probably set my phone down and, and go out and just do, man. <laughs> I love it, dude. Man, yeah, I might have to play that back for myself. That's right, dude. I'll <laughs> I'll send I'll send this to you. I'll send this to you. So that way we can we can both just every morning look take a look at it and be like, all right, there all right, let's get it. Sounds Joe, good, thank dude. you, man. Joe, you thank you, it, man. man. This this was awesome, brother. I appreciate you. Appreciate your time, man. Okay, this man. this was a lot of fun. All right, peace. Take care. God bless everyone out there. Thanks again, John. Appreciate you. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Joe. I know I sure did. I loved connecting with him. I loved hearing about his story and how he clings so tightly to his childhood, which has helped create the man and helped create the success that he has had today. I also love his mindset and I love how he views what he went through. He he sees all his challenges. He sees them as gifts. And guys, that's a very, very powerful mindset to have, to see your challenges, see your setbacks, see your heartaches, to see them as gifts, to see them as, hey, this is helping me. This is wanting to improve my life instead of wanting to drag me down. And I loved in the beginning when Joe talked about the over-glorification of failure, So often we can think, oh good, I'm failing, I'm failing, I'm failing. That must mean I'm learning something, which is true. You can and absolutely will learn something from failure, but you have to make sure that when you learn something from that failure, you turn that failure into a win. You turn that failure into a success. Don't get so wrapped up in failing that you lose sight of succeeding. Last but not least, I loved how Joe talked about how one of his passions now is helping people become more self-aware. And man, guys, that is so powerful. If you can become more self-aware, man, the options for you are going to be endless. So guys, if you loved this episode, if you really enjoyed it and took something away from it, be sure to send this over to a friend and then head over to Apple, Spotify, or even Audible and make sure you subscribe and then go ahead and leave a review on Apple as that means the world to us uh, seeing those five-star reviews drop in. So guys, until next time, expect failure, expect challenges, expect heartache. The question is, are you going to let those failures, setbacks, and heartaches keep you down or are you going to let it catapult your growth?